This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Recent controversial comments from the leader of the World Bank have given climate advocates and countries an opening to help clean energy. Last month, David Malpass made remarks downplaying the effects humans and fossil fuels have on climate change, later apologizing for those comments and acknowledging the validity of climate science. Since then, the United States and European countries have quickly piled on Malpass's climate comments with broader calls to fundamentally reform the World Bank's fossil fuel policies and speed climate finance. But some nations, particularly those in Africa, are skeptical of those calls to focus on renewable energy. So today, we check in with Politico Zach Coleman about the changes advocates and countries are calling for, why some African countries are skeptical, and how the World Bank is defending itself. It's Tuesday, October 18th. There was a lot of movement against David Malpass after his comments in late September where he did not quite agree with the scientific consensus that humans, by burning fossil fuels, are driving climate change. He has since gone to clarify that he does understand the science of climate change, and he has written that in internal memos to World Bank staff and has taken every chance that he can on the public stage to clarify that as well. So his job is safe for the moment, but there is this question of, do you want to replace a guy who's got his hands in a whole bunch of other crises like food supplies and energy supplies and things of that nature. And you also have to worry about the precedent that might set. Do you want to bring the World Bank president into this kind of partisan atmosphere where a Democratic president and administration can move against a nominee from a previous administration? I mean, this was a Trump nominee, David Malpass. So there are all these questions that kind of hang in the balance. He's safe for now, but that doesn't mean that he is completely out of the crosshairs of those who are moving against him. Right. And you report on a potential silver lining for climate activists in that Malpass's comments have provided an opening for a broad sweep of countries to really push the World Bank to change its climate policies. So what are you seeing? What you're seeing here are some pretty broad calls for reform. There is a understanding that the World Bank wasn't really doing its job on climate change even before David Malpass. They've set new targets for climate change. They do have a climate action plan, but there is this understanding that the World Bank is not being risky enough. And what I mean by risky enough is they aren't willing to invest in renewable energy projects that the private sector isn't also willing to invest in. And the role of the World Bank for a lot of development people is to take those risks because no one else would go in there and support those projects. And there's questions of how do they even assess those metrics? How do they even assess those projects? Why aren't they doing more of it? So I think what you're really seeing here is this idea that the World Bank should be taking more risks, should be putting more financing out there, and that there should be new mechanisms for solving global challenges and getting more countries involved in this fight against climate change in that the institutions that exist today are not fit to do that. Interesting. But you report that some nations, particularly those in Africa, are skeptical of calls to really focus in on renewable energy. So why is that? So what you have here are a lot of countries saying, yes, we need 
the World Bank to take more risks, to put more capital out there for renewable energy projects. But there's also this corollary conversation of the World Bank should stop financing fossil fuels. There's some NGO groups that have put out studies that show the World Bank supplied $5.7 billion of finance between fiscal 2018 and 2020 for fossil fuel projects. Most of that would be gas. And there's this idea that if the World Bank decides against financing gas infrastructure in places like continental Africa, you have countries that have a lot of gas reserves there that want to be able to tap it. And they have sort of looked at what's happening right now in the energy world, in the world writ large, where Europe is actually coming to African countries and saying, we want to tap your gas. We want to bring it back to our country because we have to replace these Russian supplies that we're trying to get off of as a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. You know, African nations with domestic reserves are saying, well, why can't we tap our own gas? Who is going to be there to finance our gas plants and our gas development for our own use? This is kind of unfair that you have Western-led push to reduce financing for gas, whereas you're coming to our countries and saying we need some more of your gas, but we won't let you develop your own. So that's kind of the dichotomy here. There's a very large amount of skepticism here about this argument that nations are advancing to restrict fossil fuel lending. Gotcha. And so given these competing pressures, I mean, as you said earlier, the climate activists are really amping up the pressure. They want the World Bank to more clearly describe how it's aligning financing with the Paris Agreement targets. So, I mean, how soon might you think that we would see some real change happen, if, if anything? Well, as one person I talked to for the story said, if there's any talk of changes at the World Bank, it's always smart to bet against those changes happening. So it's a very, very big institution. It is one that a lot of people have said is not fit for purpose for addressing climate change. It views a lot of its investments in a sectoral way. So it views agriculture investments as agriculture. It views energy as energy investments. And what you don't get is a lot of the climate co-benefits there, like climate change crosses a bunch of sectors. Is there a better way of viewing how you invest in climate change and get some of those co-benefits? Now, the the World Bank has said that they are investing more in climate change than ever before, that they invest in climate change more than any other multilateral development bank, but there is still this perception that they are not being risky enough, that they have also not created pathways for some of the big future and current emitters to take advantage of World Bank financing, whereas the private sector might not be willing to deal in these spaces, the World Bank might. So how do you pair up the World Bank financing with those big emitters? Also, Two congressional committees are asking Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves to explain how his state is distributing hundreds of millions of dollars of federal funds for water infrastructure. The probes are led by the House Oversight and Reform Committee and House Homeland Security Committee, and they're part of a larger congressional investigation into the water crisis that has long impacted the predominantly black city of Jackson, Mississippi. The capital city's decrepit water system has subjected residents to more than 300 boil water orders in the past two years, and late this summer, it left residents without drinking water for days. 
The congressional investigation also comes as the NAACP has filed a complaint with the Environmental Protection Agency alleging that Mississippi violated a law by discriminating against Jackson on the basis of race in distributing federal water funds. EPA's Inspector General's office has also launched a probe of the city's water crisis. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.